The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Taylor from Huntington Beach, California, and you're listening to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Wait, really? That's what you call this? Anyways, whatever. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome to Ye Old Show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 704 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, the rude prick. Joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, and the snapped at, apparently. Well, not apparently. Brittany Page, everybody. So, are you ready to talk about your... Well, we got to talk about what I just said first. <laughs> no, I think it... I think it's... I think everyone gets it. I think everyone they just get it understands they get that, it that I was just snapping at you to quit clicking your mouse well, like they, a dickhole. They don't know specifically what you were snapping about, but they know that you now were know. probably doing it in a dickish way and definitely dickish way. I apologize. That's very nice. Of Publicly, you. I apologize for my private activity. It. <laughs> Thank you. That is going above and beyond, I think. Above and beyond what was necessary. Hey, Brittany. Thank you, sir. I agree. It is above and beyond. I am pretty great. You're right. Okay. All right. Moving on. Let's (laughs) let's talk about your minor medical procedure that you had done. Yeah. Which we... It's kind of strange to announce that because it probably isn't something that we would have talked about if it hadn't interfered with the recording schedule? I thought about it, and for some reason I had like a weird, like, oh, it's too private, shouldn't talk about it. I got my ball bag snipped on Friday. (laughs) I had a vasectomy on Friday. Sure. And I was weird, like, oh, that's too private, that's too... TMI, everybody, or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And it's a fucking thing people do. Big goddamn deal. Yes. Anyway, it was harder on the <laughs> beanbag. It was harder on me than I suspected it would be. Yeah. Uh, Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, come Sunday, there was no sitting in a chair for three hours or, you know, however long it takes to prep a show. Yeah. Do a show. The minor editing that we do right. and get it shipped out. So it just wasn't happening because I had, how many bags of ice did I go through? Oh, a lot. Applied a lot. directly to my genital region. Yeah, I thought, I think you were very disciplined when it came to the ice bags. Yeah. Um, it, There was a lot of, this one is melted. I need another one. <laughs> so happy to help you out with all that. Yeah. Yeah. But good for you going through it. It's- well, the 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 pain was wasn't. I just didn't want. Listen, it's a sensitive area, uh huh. As you may imagine, sure. And I didn't want it to to become a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're gonna if you're gonna really take aftercare seriously, mm-hmm. you want it to be related to your dick and balls. I mean, that just seems logical to me. And keep things in tip-top shape. Yeah, like when I got my shoulder surgery 10 years ago or so, uh-huh. uh, you know, I I skirted a little bit. Maybe that's why you're facing another one then, you after know, 10 that's years. that's because like. I saved our dog's life. Oh, oh okay. So you're going to blame Popeye. He's going to be... I'm not going to blame Popeye. Look at him. He is... You're right. I could have me- let him drown. He's no, no, mentally no. damaged no, no, no. because of the attack that you, you just launched you, on him. You're right. I should have let him die. Look at look at his look at his distress. 
Yeah, look at him over there. He's very upset by what you just said, that snug. he ruined your shoulder. Completely snugged in his little bed. Yeah. But so, he barely fits in, but he loves. Well, it's very nice for you that you were able to go to a doctor and say that you would like a permanent birth control solution and that you were granted that without any questions. Um, well, they and- ask questions. Yeah. I mean, sure. how many kids do you have? Uh huh. Um, why the fuck do you not want to be a prodigious reproducer of more children? I'm sure. I'm sure that even if you were younger and didn't have children, that there wouldn't be as many questions or as much pushback as yeah, there is sure, sure. for yeah. women. And I'm. I am generalizing based on my own experiences, given that I started asking to have my tubes tied at. 1819. Yeah. And was always told that I would change my mind. Just rejected, right? They just like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, they would talk to me about it in in a way that was like placating me and then uh, letting me know that they they won't do it. Someday you're really going to want kids. Yes. This is a mistake, little lady. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like. Just like the helpful man who approached me at a Starbucks one time when I had my laptop on my lap. Oh, yeah, that guy. And, and said that I was going to uh, damage my parts. And I was like, you promise? Uh, <laughs> is this going to create like a... Are you a f- f- fertility doctor? Is this real? <laughs> is this going to be like a free tubal ligation? Just letting my laptop sit on my body? Is that... I'm kind of putting... T- is that the same time that you started sleeping with your laptop on your lap? <laughs> That is exactly when it happened, when I took that man's medical advice. So anyway, that was the delay. Um, I do find it a little odd that people, and I had to push through, not the uncomfortability of of the thing I'm getting ready to talk about, but but, uh, push through just because it's um taboo you know it's i'm talking about my dick you know so <laughs> or or my balls under sure because you know i am set up normally mm. and uh <laughs> but it's so weird that because we've had this talk like you've you've pressed me a couple times are you gonna feel like many men when they have this done so i've heard yeah they they like they don't feel complete they don't feel like a, a full full-fledged man because they can't impregnate. I don't it's like oh I can't spread my seed. Oh no, I'm I'm less than. Mm-hmm. I, I got none of that going on. That's good. That's good. You why just have, are, why are men so just fucking weak-minded? You just have a painful sitch on your hands. That's all you have. It's you don't have better. It's getting better. Yeah. I think that uh when you talked to people that you know who have had the procedure, they kind of downplayed it a bit yes uh absolutely uh steered me astray Mm -hmm. directed me astray he acted like it was like uh he was wondering when they were going to be finished and then snip well i'm done yeah it wasn't like that at all and then also he like ran a marathon the day after he had the procedure done he he got home that night put some peas on it and then the next day was running a marathon. Yeah, lifting weights. Yeah. Volunteering at a soup kitchen. You know, all just a, a great <laughs> athlete and philanthropist. So uh, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't have crazy side effects, but it certainly wasn't bouncing right back. It was, and even while it happened, I struck up a conversation with the doctor. Mm-hmm. We started talking about like kids who like our our peers who peak in high school and that's the best time of their life. And I'm you know I'm peaking right now. Right now is the best time of my life. And he's While like, you're yeah, getting snipped, same. yeah, we just <laughs> had this wide ranging conversation. Yeah, so, yeah. While he's you know my innards are or the innards of some kind of innards were out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the other thing that's happening right now. <laughs> Abrupt transition. <clears throat> We've I've I've cleared my throat a few times. I'm just not going to edit it. It's just going to be in there. Um, we are we are having difficulty. Yeah, with that. the fires right now in Orange County are mere miles away, fewer than ten miles from where we sit. A hundred thousand or so people have at one point or another been mandatory evacuated from their homes. There are crazy fires happening. The air is acrid. <clears throat> the smoke, I my eyes are dry, my throat is dry. Um, I, I we've even talked about 
how Popeye's doing with it all because it's yeah he's he's <clears throat> typically so when he walks he does make some kind of noise but it's more piggish lately like he he takes steps and he's yeah yeah making like pig noises whenever he takes a uh, takes a step so we think some of it has to do with the air quality and and that he's also suffering like we are but it doesn't come out with clearing his yeah, throat yeah, yeah. and and doing all that although he does he does old man gag regularly. So I'm, I'm assuming that's going to get worse as well. There's multiple times I'll go out, not multiple times a day, but the times that I've gone out to get the mail or whatever, um, there is a visible ash falling in the sky, like yeah. a, like a very, very delicate s- snowfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I feel bad. I mean, I don't know how many homes have been lost. Uh, I don't think there have been any lives lost. Two firefighters have been critically injured mm-hmm. in fighting the fire. Um, that is tragic, but it's, look, this is, um, this is a new reality. The, these insane off, off the chart fires that we're having, even here in Orange County, which isn't like Sonoma or some of the places up North where it's a lot of wilderness and wooded area. It's pretty, pretty urban here. It's, it's not rolling hills with tons and tons of vegetation. I mean, there is some of that. Well, and that's where it's happening, which is in Irvine. And that's where those areas are, those wide open spaces in wilderness areas. And when I was driving to work on Monday, the... You could you could see in the air that that this was happening and the sun looked red. It looked apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's definitely tragic. And we wish everyone health and safety. And if anyone is struggling, they're being evacuated, needs something, we can be of service. We're in Orange County. Contact us. Reach out, and and we'll try to do what we can. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, we wanna we wanna serve the community as best we can. So. Anyway, let's let's push ahead. Let's get some voicemails. Oh, that sounds kind of shitty. Let's get some voicemails out of the way. <laughs> let's let's deal with some listener communication. I think we have an email, a couple of voicemails, and then we're going to talk very briefly about. Uh, well, you know, sometimes I don't I don't want to cover Donald Trump, but really just have kind of a Donald Trump's a dumb fuck edition two thousand four hundred and twelve. Well, we're going to have one of those. Let's start with an email. Yes, I have an email here. It is from Stevie G. Stevie G. In Scotland. And this first part is something I'm going to read. And It's almost like one syllable at a time because, because it's written in like a his side of the pond dialect or something. Yeah, so I'm going to try to so read it's, it. It's kind of English. I'm going to try to read it, but it's not going to go super well. So here we go. Hello, Jesse and Brittany and co. Gonna let me ken what your plans are for the show when your ba bag orange scroat in chief is gonna get pumped. So I can if I had to stay up and get steaming or ding dong myself <laughs> o to my winkin chariot. Oh, <laughs> uh, why did he not call in? <laughs> In fact, do this. I want you to call <laughs> in, send an email as a voice memo. Yeah. I doubt it at dollamore.com mm-hmm. and say that. Yes. Re- read your fucking email to us in your Scotland speak. Translation for you lot over the pond. What are your plans on the election night so I can decide whether I'm staying up and having a few beers, of course, or setting an alarm to get out of bed? Tamuchli, Stevie G. Stevie G. Well, we'll be waiting for that uh, pure read for next episode. What well, what we plan to do, not what we plan to do, what we are doing is a, a YouTube live stream. I've not yet decided about whether I'm going to simul stream, simulcast. You know, I'm not super tech that way. But for certain on YouTube, I believe we're going to start about, let's say... Well, we're, we're we're working it out here in real time, so we think four 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 p.m. Pacific time. That's seven p.m. Eastern time when some of the polls are going to start closing. It's going to be a marathon run, so I would say we'll start at four p.m. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
I mean, CNN's starting at like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, they've got a whole team. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to figure out even how to go to the bathroom and stuff. Well, so. yeah, they have commercial breaks and things like that. And sometimes Anderson will toss it to Wolf, for example, and give himself a break. So I, yeah. I think that we're going to have to work in times where we put like a please stand by. Up oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And just kind of give ourselves like a 15 minute, 20 minute break a few times uh, or just like five minutes, I guess. Yeah, just enough time to go squeeze one out, you know. Yeah, sure. So we are excited for that, though. We're re- we're really looking forward to it, and <laughs> we love that Stevie G in Scotland is interested in the election and wants to check out what's going to happen. And I think a lot of people internationally are going to be tuning in to whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's a thing where they're going to like wake up the next morning and like. Oh. Oh, what happened? Let's let me go check the news. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be following it to see what the fuck went on. Yeah. Well, and think about it like this, you guys. This time next week. Yes. We have. <laughs> For sure. We will hopefully, hopefully know or hopefully be close to knowing if this nightmare is over. I don't want. A listen. week, a week from today. Yeah, that's right. Can you believe it? That it's already here it is wild well it's wild because in one way it seems like forever ago and then in another way it's like jesus this just happened we were just on the couch doing the facebook live for the five hours or whatever we did that night yeah Uh, a lot has changed we have advanced in in many ways um technologically here in the studio i mean Mm -hmm. and um we have uh, regressed in many many ways politically and socially in the country. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be nice. Listen, I have my feelings. Um, I really, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to be overconfident. But I really feel like this could be a pretty major, like the largest landslide since 1984 when Reagan just fucking murdered Mondale. Mondale walked away with one single state. It's not going to be like that. But I just think it's going to be big when Texas is in play and Georgia is in play. It's a big deal. And um, it is fueled by young voters, um, voters of color and early voting and people who just don't. They're not in love with Joe Biden. They're just tired, sick and fucking tired of our fascist fuck president. And they're ready to do something. We're seeing people wait in line for hours and hours and hours to vote taking it upon them, the power upon themselves to get their one little dig that they have against Donald Trump to personally show him, fuck you, I'm doing my part to get rid of you. That's a magical thing. So we're looking forward to that on uh, Tuesday, the 3rd, at roughly 4 p.m. Los Angeles time. Yeah, we're excited, so look for the links. Also, while we're promoting things that we're doing, uh, we're doing the Patreon Hangout. For those that are in the appropriate Patreon tier, uh, those are going to be this Friday, Friday and Saturday, Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific time, Saturday, that is going to be Halloween at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So watch for the links. We send them out at the time of the call through Patreon and be ready to join the call. Remember, we don't do a show on these calls. It's just you join, we talk, we hang out, you meet fellow listeners and and get to interact and talk about the news of the day with the community. And you might even get to meet and talk to Marcus. Fucking awkward. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we, we do strategically set these up to where he can't join. But exactly. Sometimes he sneaks in. For sure. You just don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'd love to see you. If you it, you could still get in on it if you're not a Patreon uh, member. You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. Sign up, pick your tier, and blah, blah, blah. We love you guys. Moving on to a couple of voicemails. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Doreen from Charlottesville. Hope I'm not annoying you with all of my uh, emails. But I just wanted to let you know that you two are just being way too hard on Jeffrey Tubin. Poor Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> you guys are just, you know, you're just choking out his free speech and you're you're really you two liberals milking it for all it's uh, worth I see what she's and just <laughs> jerking him around like oh. a ball and just beating 
him for everything he's worth, beating him until it's so hard to go on. Fucking yikes. <laughs> okay, totally kidding there. Um, Jeffrey Tubin's a gross man, and I work in HR, and let me tell you, my coworker, my female coworkers apologize for getting caught wearing sweatpants on camera, so yeah, fuck Jeffrey Dubin. But <laughs> I did want to call in and just um, share that this has been a hard weekend for me. Um, I'm caring for an ailing grandmother with dementia, and um, my father is a white Republican. I'm biracial, um, and uh, just the gall because we're trying to find out if we can cover her assisted living care potentially because my mom can't handle taking care of her, her on herself. My mom works like a manual labor job and she just doesn't have it in her. Um, so I, you know, we're looking and in the great state of Virginia, it looks like you can't use Medicare. I'm hoping that because she's got dementia, maybe there's a workaround, but in every, in a bunch of other states, she's from New York, New York covers it. Uh, Florida covers it where my uncle lives, but Virginia, nah, screw you. And it's just so frustrating because my dad was the one who was preaching on and on about the death squads and, you know, the death committees and the hospitals under the Affordable Care Act, you know, killing grandma, but grandma right now is sick, doesn't give a shit. And my mother-in-law, who I love dearly, has cancer, relies on the ACA to survive, but apparently... All lives matter, but not grandma's and not my mother-in-law's. So I just had to rant to somebody. I love you guys so much, both of you. You guys are amazing. You guys bring me hope. And uh, Brittany's the best part because I work in mental health care, and I know just how hard the work she is doing really is. So thank you both so much. Have a wonderful day. Um, bye. <laughs> love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, that was a very nice story, and thank you for the little shout-out there. And kudos to you for taking care of your family. And this is such a tough time for everybody to have to go through a pandemic, go through everything that comes along with a pandemic, but also have to step up and help their family and, and deal with the things that are like a normal part of life when our family members get sick and they're going through hard times. So kudos to you for being there. Yeah, for sure. It also puts into perspective the the very real human cost mm -hmm. of our terrible, broken, shitty healthcare system. Even with the Affordable Care Act, yeah. if it was totally intact, um, it's not enough. We're going to get to something a little later about pushing Biden left once he's elected, if he's elected. But this is, there's a very real human element to healthcare that's not routine checkups and physicals and being able to go and have what I did had done on Friday done. We're talking about end of life choices and the 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 misery that can ensue for the patient and for the family that orbits that patient if not cared for properly, if not paid for having to struggle to find the care. We can do better as a nation. It is, a, it is an immoral public policy choice on the part of our nation and our leaders to not offer something better. So we feel for you, Doreen. Yeah, and we are not sick of your emails. We are not annoyed by them. We love all of our listeners communicating with us all the time. We read everything, even if we don't respond or read it on the show. So just know that everything that you are sending, we are definitely reading and listening to. And we very much appreciate it. And both Jeffrey Tubin and Donald Trump <laughs> are getting a bad rap. I mean, look at me. I had to beat off. I had to beat off the phony <laughs> Mueller report. I had to beat off all this stuff. I had to beat off impeachment. I had to beat off Congress, everything else. It's a lot of beating up. Honestly, why would he do that? I still, I know we talked about it several episodes ago, but every time you play it as a drop, I'm just it's sitting like, here thinking he's been in the public eye for so long that you think he would be smarter than to say what he said. It's one thing if you say it one time. I know. Like it's a slip up. Like, look, I had to beat off Congress. And like, oh, fuck, I, what did I, I do that for? 
But he just like he he leaned right in. It's like a Family Guy bit. It, <laughs> it's like something that Seth MacFarlane wrote, you know? Yeah, it really is. But you know, Donald Trump's a gift that keeps fucking giving. So we're 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 keep, we're getting to keep that one. Oh my god! Well, that was some weird shit. Next up, Ken from North Carolina. Hey Jesse. Hey Brittany. Hey Popeye. Uh, <laughs> this is Ken calling from Annapolis, North Carolina. Uh, I just want to start off and say real quick that uh, I really love you guys, and uh, I need you guys to continue to do what you're doing. Um, I need as much information as I could get, and uh, you know when I'm done with my ridiculous argument with the magas. Uh, in the comment section, I always, before I go to bed, I need my, my anchors, and, and you guys are part of that. Um, I'm a subscriber, and I think I have a membership. There's a little picture uh, by my comments. But anyway, I'm calling about, I mentioned I was from Kannapolis, and yesterday there was a young man arrested. Um, I don't have the full details, so I won't go into into it, but um, apparently he was arrested uh, with weapons and stuff, and he was setting out to assassinate um, Joe Biden. And, um, you know, we have him, we have Kyle Rittenhouse. I was watching a frontline thing the other day about um, the guy who went into, uh, you know, the pizza place uh, way back, the pizza gate, and the video shows the guy, and he's talking to his kids. He thinks he's never coming back. And I, I felt for this man because he really believed what he was doing was right. So I don't want to get cut off. What I really want to talk about is the damage that Trump has done to our civil discourse. Um, because after Joe Biden wins, we're still going to be faced with this. You have these pundits that have adopted this way of thinking and talking on the air. And I don't have a problem with pushback and for adult shows like yours, that's what we need to do. But my concern more is of the young people who don't know any any uh, any more than this, that are just coming up and paying attention. They had maybe the Obama years where, where they saw it with the attacks on, on Obama. And now, you know, uh, the, just the way we talk to each other. So... With our children, I think we need to be examples. I'm not, you know, all for this, you know, when they go low, we go high bullshit. But I do <laughs> think we need to get a handle on this. Um, you know, we, we, of course, with each other, you know, I try to, I'm, I'm getting better at, you know, having informed conversations. And, you know, sometimes by the end of the night, I'm, I'm date calling myself. So. Anyway, um, I think this would be a good conversation for after Joe Biden wins. And oh, does that mean Ken got cut off? Oh, the Ken. dreaded the dreaded Google guillotine. Oh, Ken, you got timed out. I'm I'm sorry about that. Um, you you left off talking about the way that we talk to one another, and you said that you aren't really on board with the. When they go low, we go high bullshit, is what you said. <laughs> it really should be when they subvert our democracy, we act, we, we respond appropriately. Is that, is that what it should be? Yeah, but it's not when they go <laughs> low. It's not going, it's not necessarily just like, oh, they call names. We gotta, we, go, we don't react like that. They're, they're actively submert, subverting our fucking democracy. They're, they're doing real damage to the republic. It's not as easy as a little slogan about going low and staying high. Yeah, well, this is an ongoing conversation, I think, that we've had over many episodes with this. And Ken, you alluded to the fact that you are in the comment threads, that you are arguing with MAGA people. And I'm wondering how you keep your cool in those situations. I imagine yeah. that that's a frustrating situation. And are they, do they speak respectfully to Ken? I wonder, how does he handle moments when they don't? What is he in some magical Facebook group that I've never been able to find? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's why I'm curious about his experiences here. But we, we talk about this a lot on the show of how do we engage in a way that changes hearts and minds. And it can become really difficult when certain topics are on the table. You know, if you're talking to someone who is spewing racist venom, 
it becomes very difficult in that moment to maintain composure and speak to someone respectfully. Although I agree that that's the best approach for changing hearts and minds because someone isn't going to listen to being shamed. Someone isn't going to listen to being disrespected. It's going to shut them down. So I, I do think we need to make an effort to try to move more toward that. I mean, if we're in the business of changing hearts and minds, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if everyone's in that business, if that's the goal and intent in a lot of these conversations. Well, I'm like Liam Neeson. You know, I've, I've got a certain set of skills. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, you know, being super sweet to fuckers isn't one of them. Well, that is you, Jesse. It is, no, I'm, it's a it's a it's a... It's a fallibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm wondering if Ken is someone who finds it easy to focus on the changing hearts and minds and really go there with people, even people who are difficult, even people who are saying hateful, racist, bigoted things. Yeah. We've we've talked about it. I'm I'm not. It's not for me. I'm. Uh, it's hard. Very 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 difficult. Should we kind of take a brief? pause here and talk about I love pauses. what may come after the election because Ken brought up an interesting point about where to go after the election and I think either way it's gonna kind of be like when Barack Obama was either elected the first time or re-elected and my Facebook was just filled with goofballs who were like mourning the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to see a lot of that regardless of the outcome. And so Also, can I let me say this. Trump's not going away. He's yeah. not going to get beaten in an election and then slink off to his golden toilet and go away. To, you know, to poop his diarrhea, his his McDonald's poops into his golden toilet in, in um, looking over Central Park. He's going to be in the media landscape. He's either going to be a regular player or a regular guest on Fox News spewing his fucking venom continuously. Or, if reporting is correct, he and Jared Kushner are going to start their own fucking Trump network. He, we're not going to be rid of this goddamn idiot. We're not... We're not only not going to be rid of Donald Trump, we're not going to be rid of the following that he has. Trumpism. Yeah, the yeah. MAGA crowd, the the QAnon crowd, the Donald Trump, baby! rampant racism that we have in our society right now. Those things are not going away if Joe Biden is elected. Some things will be better because Joe Biden is elected. But those problems are not automatically eradicated because he's elected. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we keep that in mind, that prepare, the fight isn't over. Prepare for that. Right. It's not over just because Joe Biden gets elected and Donald Trump is no longer in office. In fact, there may be an intense, violent backlash to that where some of these problems actually get worse for a period of time. Yeah. And that is something that I am fearful of and that I, that is something that I think people need to maintain awareness of going into the election. The one thing that I've decided I'm not going to do, I've given it a little bit of thought, but it's kind of crystallizing right now as we're talking about this. I'm not going to do the thing where I make fun of the crying snowflakes because they lost. I'm just going to fucking, you know, brush my hands off like a dealer at a casino and fucking walk away and then set myself to the hard work of moving forward and moving our country forward. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to waste a bunch of time gloating and fucking ha 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 like they did after 2016. Mm -hmm. And if you do it, it works for you. Do your thing. I, you know, I, for me though, I, I think that there's my energy can be better spent and I think yours can too, but you know, you're not going to get any judgment because fuck them. Well, and I think this troll culture is not helping anything like yeah, there, there was some there was some GOP account that tweeted when Amy Coney Barrett got con confirmed it was the G the GOP Judiciary Committee mm -hmm. oh yeah like Jim fucking Jesus. Jordan is probably who it was it tweeted about it and then the happy birthday message in the same tweet to Hillary Clinton yeah. just being I mean trolls it's just trolling that's that's what they have become yeah and it's embarrassing it's not helpful it's it's being a cock to own the libs. Yeah, and who is Their that? Their whole life is dedicated to that. Who is that appealing to? I mean, they're showing Other no cocks. concern 
for wanting to bring people to the other side or to show that they're worthy of respect or being on their side. Yeah, for sure. It's, But it also goes to the larger political um, atmosphere that we're in right now, especially the Donald Trump side. But they're, they're not trying to expand the base. They're not trying to appeal to new people. You know, they're... They're doubling down on xenophobia. They're boxing out Latinos and people and, 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 and black Americans and, and just generally people of color, immigrants, new Americans. Fuck them. They're only looking at white people. And that, look, if that's, your, if that's your voter base, brother, th- that's a dwindling segment of the population because we are becoming more diverse by the goddamn day. We are a younger nation today than we were yesterday because baby boomers are dying off at a rapid clip and, and uh, generation. Um, what are the other generations? Millennials and zoomers and all the, whatever the fuck there, there's a, a massive surge um, of, of both motivation, but also just demographically the numbers they're going away just through attrition, that hateful, um, myopic view of the world is going away. Yeah, but remember, and this was my favorite argument from Robert P. Jones's book on racism in American Christianity. I think you'd like him to host the show with you. That would be great. He <laughs> cautioned. He cautioned against using that excuse to make ourselves feel better about racism and where the country is headed. That. You can't just say these people are going to die off. They're going to be dead because the problem isn't going to die off with these people. And yeah, I, I'm not speaking about uh, racism in general. I'm talking about electorally, about what what parts of your base do you try to expand or appeal to? And they're not trying to appeal to young people. They're they're really appealing to Delta Airlines guy. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, we're, we're kind of talking past each other. I agree with him. Well, I think part of it is I stopped listening for part of it, so that could be part of the problem. Wow. Sorry about that. Episode 704, everybody. <laughs> Good times. You know, things happen. I was choking on the smoke. So you would, if you, if you, not you, mm. listen, you, if you would like to sound off, call the show, get your voice on the record, have us amplify your opinion or your question, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo or an old-fashioned email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank our latest Patreon supporters, Matt H. Matt H. April G. April G. M. Andrews. M. Andrews. It's the backwards way. That is how it's written. D. I'm getting confused now. See? Uh, (laughs) Dash P. Dash P. Thank you very much to our latest Patreon supporters. We love and appreciate all of you so much. We would like to thank our supporters on PayPal. Those of you who shop on Amazon while it's still working, dollamore.com slash Amazon. And they're threatened to turn, to, to turn it off. Anyone who rates and reviews the show with profanity-free reviews, and just everyone who listens to the show. We very much appreciate it. The other way you can support the show is by going to our Teespring store. Go to dollamore.info. There's a bunch of new shirts that are kind of YouTube-themed with the Be Genuine, Take Care of One Another. Uh, Those are fantastic. There's hoodies, there's sweatshirts, there's tank tops, there's T-shirts, all kinds of good stuff. Lots of different designs. Go check it out. That's a wonderful way to help support the show. All right. Moving on. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So this last Sunday, Donald Trump walked out. Well, the interview was aired, the official interview from 60 Minutes, where Donald Trump walked out on Leslie Stahl. 
And she now has a security detail with her because there are death threats because he posted it saying that it was very disrespectful. It was very rude. She's so mean. She wasn't mean. It's an amazing thing that we are in a situation in our country where we have a president. The president of the United States has followers that he refuses to rebuff. They will threaten the life of a journalist, and he won't say, he won't take to, to, a, to a, a nationally televised um, statement and say, do not threaten journalists. Do not, in my name, threaten violence. That's where we are. So she has a security detail, and we're not going to play the moment where he walks out. It, it's been all over. He released it as some sort of a preemptive way to dip into her ratings or something who fucking knows what his thoughts are but um the k file is it andrew kaczynski andrew kaczynski he he uh he uncovered this cnn interview from march 29th 1990 where a younger donald trump walks out of a cnn interview and there's really nothing super notable about it except for the fact that his voice is a little higher he speaks a little quicker but it is absolutely Donald fucking Trump. What about also those who say that you're being, in recent months, awfully thin-skinned? I've always been thin-skinned. I've been thin-skinned from day one. When people say something false, I attack those people. Because the news gets away with murder. The news media, they get away with murder. It's very tough in terms of libel laws because the media is so protected and it's ridiculous that they're so protected but they can write virtually anything. The difference is with me, at least they pay some price. And I think more people should have that attitude, and I think you'd find a lot more accurate reporting, including yours. What was inaccurate so far? Uh, I thought your demeanor was inaccurate. I thought that (laughs) questions that uh, you were posing to people in my organization were uh, inaccurate and uh, false and unfair. Well, questions by definition can't be inaccurate. The question. Well, I think I think the questions themselves were put in such a way that that made them statements, and they became statements as opposed to questions. And I think that's not good reporting. Such as. It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't I don't think your viewers would be very interested in it. Nor do I want to embarrass you. No, I don't think I would be. But let's let, let's let's talk about the, uh, what we talked about yesterday. Um, those in the financial community, I'm talking about, and we talked about this on the phone. Uh, who have said, and this is them saying it, not me. Uh, this is them? What do you mean by them? This is one or two people, and what about the positive people? Five or six, but the ones who, who said negative things, and... Here we uh, are. Well, we've got to talk back about to, Back to the negative. Back to the negative. Back to the negative. You know what? Do, you, do, do this interview with somebody else. Well, we talked about this yesterday on the phone. This is exactly the, what we talked do about. Do the interview with somebody else, really. You, you don't need this. Do it with somebody else. Have a good time. Because, frankly, you're a very negative guy. And uh, I think it's very unfair reporting. Good luck. No, I disagree with you. Sorry you feel that way. There's nothing that we didn't discuss on the phone, Donald. <laughs> Fucking child. I love how the reporter feels like he needs to convince Donald Trump that he's being fair when fairness isn't the issue. And. Yeah, it might. It was on camera, so it might have been for the audience's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So this really illustrates to me, I mean, Donald Trump, and we've argued this for a long time on the show, has been very consistent in who he is as a person over time. And this shows it. He's always been thin-skinned. He can't accept criticism. Whines about the libel laws. Right. Whines about the media. Whines about unfair treatment, unfair coverage. I mean, can you imagine going through your life... Just thinking every day how unfair everyone is to you and never stopping to think about your own role in any of that. Donald Trump is like a band that just goes out on tour and plays the fucking hits just Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. Never any new music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because these are the same shit that we're hearing now when he's a fucking almost an octogenarian. Yeah, and doing the same thing, walking out of an interview because he can't hang. Well, what, what, what was inaccurate? Your, your demeanor was inaccurate. Your demeanor was... <laughs> well, your face is inaccurate, fucker. He's just... He's a goddamn child. It's something that you would hear from him today, though, right? Your demeanor Absolutely. was inaccurate. That's... I mean, this is from the 90s. This is something you would hear from him today. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
questions can't be inaccurate just based on the, the, the that's just not how it works. Um, so such as, give me an exact example. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because he can't. Yeah, he's it's, just a fucking child. It's and it like we're saying, it's remarkable that this is from the '90s because yeah. it could have been from Sunday, 60 Minutes. What's great about it is, especially this moment, is he can't rattle the reporter. And that's when he gets rattled and walks out. Yeah. He's trying it. He everything he can do to get this guy off his game to be unprofessional. And when it's not working, he's like, ah, oh, I gotta fucking I gotta I gotta cut bait here and mm-hmm. get out of here because mm-hmm. this isn't gonna work for me. This is not good. Yeah. So he he has he even then had a little media savvy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Sure. Anyway, um just a, a very telling I love that it took four years to dig moments like this up. They're still finding mm-hmm. in the archives Donald Trump being a jerk-off in moments that we've never seen before. Yeah. There were a couple of moments on the campaign trail in interviews this week, one from Kamala Harris and one from AOC. And these are things that we've they've been themes on the show we've talked about for a long time. One is whether or not Donald Trump is a racist asked to Kamala Harris... And the other is about pushing Biden left once he's elected. I thought they were both um, shining moments that needed more press this week. So we're going to talk about them. First of all, here's Kamala Harris being asked that question. On the campaign trail, President Trump has attacked you frequently. He's called you a monster. He said you're nasty and it would be an insult to our country if you became the first female president. Do you see this as just the rough and tumble of politics, or do you view those attacks against you as racist? Well, this is not the first time in my life I've been called names. And it, you know, it was predictable, sadly. Do you think the president is racist? Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. You can look at a pattern that goes back to him questioning the identity of the first black president of the United States. You can look at Charlottesville when there were peaceful protesters and on the other side, neo-Nazis, and he talks about fine people on either side, calling Mexicans rapists and criminals. His first order of business was to institute a Muslim ban. It all speaks for itself. President Trump has said he denounces racism and white supremacy. I love that they, they're doing their journalistic due diligence there to, well, he's denied it. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I really love this moment because there have been many politicians that, when asked this question, refuse to be direct and say yes. Yeah. And she did not refuse to do that. Now, I know that you made a comment that you, you don't like that she laughed at the end of that when she said yes. I think that it's possible that that was calculated or intended to offset some of the negative reaction that could result from her having answered that way. I a hundred percent agree. I just, after listening to it again, I was being critical of my take thinking, cause this is something Brittany and I talked about before we, the mics went hot and I'm like, yeah, it bothers me that she laughed. Why that awkward? Cause a lot of times people talk about traumas or they deal with tough issues in their life. Uh, and they will chuckle about it. And it, it's kind of a defense mechanism. I don't think that was the case with her after we listening to this again for the third or fourth time. I believe it is a calculation. So people view her. She has to do that. So, you know, f- fragile fucking white people don't don't picture her as the angry black lady. Right. And it's a fucking, yeah, God, Donald Trump is a fucking racist. Abs- goddamn lootly he is. No one's calling me the angry white guy. She should be able to say that. Yeah. So I, I was wrong. I I, I was wrong. Well, Again, apologizing publicly for something I said privately. Well, <laughs> and I think a lot of a lot of women, and I think you're highlighting in particular black women, will recognize that as something that they have done in the past in order to make people feel comfortable with something that they're saying or doing women in like managerial positions sure being supervisors having to direct men or others in in such a way may use those tactics so as to not 
be intimidating, right? Yeah. Or come off as bitchy. So there's another layer to this that she's running for vice president of the United States and has to appeal to a wide swath of America, right? A- as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, I'll give her a pass. I I shouldn't have been as critical. I mean, I, I wish. I tell you what. Let, let me let me re- revise it. I wish she didn't feel like she had to do that. Yes. Yes. It's a bummer. For sure. Because he's a fucking racist jerk off. Yeah. And and there's another element of maybe laughing at it is also showing that it's kind of an absurd question. Like, why are we having this discussion? (laughs) This should just be a fact. And I think that that's been a tactic on Biden's part of laughing at Donald Trump. You saw this during the debates. You you see this regularly where he just laughs at him because what else are you supposed to do? We're in such an absurd situation that... That's it. He's acknowledging the absurdity, looking into the camera and going, come on, man, what what is happening here? Exactly. Which really mirrors what a lot of us are feeling in the moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, it was a good moment. Kamala Harris, listen, um, she's she's not my first choice. I didn't support her in the the primaries. Um, I'm de facto, I voted for her. Uh, There's a lot of problems with this ticket, but you know what? This is what brings us to the next clip, and that is... Jake Tapper had uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the show and is talking about the prospect of pushing the Biden administration farther to the left than they are campaigning, which shouldn't be fucking hard since they're sending Republicans out all across the country to campaign for them and floating the idea of installing Republicans in their administration in high level, even included cabinet positions, And the question was posed. And again, like just about every fucking thing AOC does, she knocked it out of the park. Be completely candid. Vice President Biden's position on the issue of fracking has been confusing. During the primary, he sounded supportive of a ban. On Saturday, he told voters in Pennsylvania, quote, I'm not banning fracking, period. It sounds like now he's on the other side of this issue from you. Does it bother you? You know, it it does not bother me. I believe, and, and I have a very strong position on, on fracking, you know, the science is very clear. Uh, the methane emissions from fracking are up to 64 times more powerful than CO2 emissions at trapping heat in the air. And just from a perspective of stopping climate, climate change, you know, there is a scientific consensus. However, uh, that is my view. Uh, Pre- Vice President Biden has made very clear that he uh, does not agree with a fracking ban. And I consider that, uh, you know, it, it will be a privilege to lobby him <laughs> uh, should we win the White House. But we need to focus on winning the White House first. And I'm happy to make my case. But I also understand that he is in disagreement on that issue. Do you worry that his opposition to a fracking ban um, is going to hurt young voter turnout? Well, you know, I, I believe that young people right now have a very disciplined activist mindset. And they are not here with the intent of voting for their favorite person or voting for, uh, you know, someone that they think is perfect as president. I think young people are actually quite disciplined and quite realistic and pragmatic in their vote. And they want to vote for who they are going to lobby. They're, right now, young people uh, are, are, are so clear on their stances on many political issues that they believe that they want to vote for a president that is at least going to be receptive uh, to their advocacy, activism, and mm-hmm. protest, frankly. And so, you know, it, 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 there is no question that Joe Biden is a much better person in that position uh, to be receptive and actually listen to the voices of advocates than, than Donald Trump, who is intensely focused on enriching himself and his friends. So, And I think that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, for sure. She is so talented and so effective as a communicator. It's fucking awesome. And in lobbying people to see her side. And, and she just got started, everybody. Yeah. Fucking great. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm excited to see where she goes. I'm also excited to see where Katie Porter goes. Hopefully Katie Porter is reelected. Very yeah. much hoping for that. Listen, if you live in the 45th District of California, you live in Irvine where the fires are happening right now, you live in uh, Aliso Viejo, you know, anyway, I would make this local deal, you better be fucking voting for Katie Porter. You better be... 
uh, putting all your efforts into getting that 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 co- that congressional seat retained for for her because she is a an up and comer. A it, it is it's a tougher fight for her. It's a tougher row to hoe there than it is here in the forty eighth where we live because it's a lot more conservative there. Definitely, yeah. Um, and we we will be poorer. For having not having Katie Porter in Congress. Oh yeah, and then she won't be able to dominate all these pharma ghouls that are in yes. positions of power that need to not be in those positions of power. All you know, all the guys that she fucking smashes down, all they are is respectable, respectable Martin Shkreli's. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're just yeah, yeah. they're the Martin they're they're Martin Shkreli's, but they don't quite have the the griminess public griminess about them yeah mm-hmm. they don't have wu-tang's you know one cut album and, and that <laughs> is where katie porter comes in to yeah, do that work sure. goddamn she she is a, a blessing to behold but aoc's point here in oh in yeah we, back to aoc we need to <laughs> we need to ensure we highlight this point is that joe biden is going to be much more receptive to change into progressive positions than Donald Trump will ever be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is really the key point. And, and so I think that AOC has really been out there trying to express to progressives that we can have those disagreements after Joe Biden is elected. And you can do the work to push him further left once he's elected because we need to get out of this emergency situation that we are in. Yeah, the the other thing I think that is is poignant is the fact that I think he's setting himself up to be a one-term president. I don't think he thinks he's going to run for re-election. You know, he's going to be in the in his fucking 80s next time around. I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. And if he's that moldable and pliable on fracking during the campaign, what else is he going to be pliable once he's the president of the United States and has the bully pulpit of the White House? He can do what the fuck he wants because hopefully he has a supermajority in Congress and can fucking push the Republicans around and just do whatever the fuck they want to get all kinds of shit done. That needs to be the priority. Leadership and we need to get rid of Nancy Pelosi. We need to get rid of Chuck Schumer. We need some younger blood in there with some younger ideas. Make things happen pushing joe biden left to progress <sighs> yes <clears throat> i don't know about how popeye's doing it because my throat is fucking thrashed y'all well i don't know if you guys can hear him but he has been snoring this whole time and it sounds i'm i'm concerned about him because it's 11 he- o'clock at night he's this is late for Popeye. Well, he already struggles to breathe. I'm talking about the smoke. He already struggles to breathe because he has a smushed face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we have a special bowl, a special shaped bowl for Popeye to eat out of. <laughs> yeah. Because he can't, in a flat bowl, get the food easily into his mouth hole. Yeah. It's a problem with these goddamn dogs. Yeah. So I, I, I because just. Because they've been bred into a. I'm sorry. I'm. Well, yeah, it's just that pets are part of the the family family unit that is negatively impacted often overlooked i think the impact on animals yeah and and so we're we're hoping that the smoke isn't too disruptive for his his nap times (laughs) or his life yes or his life (laughs) but but we we're thinking of everybody there there has been a lot of chaos with the fires and uh, we're thinking of everybody sending well wishes, hoping that everyone is safe and healthy. And I mean, <laughs> this year, Jesus, 2020. Bring a bucket and a mop. To clean up the mess I'm talking about. Interesting choice there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anytime I can get to use them, I'm, I'm going to use I- them. I see that. You're always over there looking for one you can oh, use. yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on, everybody. Taking care of biz. A teacher in Wisconsin, Melissa Stats. Melissa Stats, Wisconsin teacher. What did teacher stats do? Is it stats like statistics? 
it is, I'm assuming it's stats, like S, she spells it S-T-A-T-Z. And in her fourth grade class, she heard her stu- students talking about Kenosha. And she saw that a couple of students had seen burned and board up buildings in the nearby city and um, didn't really know the details of the protests um, regarding the, the shooting of Jacob Blake. Mm-hmm. And so she decided that she could use this to teach her students about racism. And she used a children's book, an educational video, and a worksheet to create this discussion in class about racism and why people were protesting. She says that she considered the materials neutral, that they were just educational. Uh, The worksheet had questions on it like, what is the Black Lives Matter movement trying to do? How do we stop systemic racism? Did parents complain? Yes. So before I get to that, though, I want to talk about how the kids responded. So she said, quote, one of the black girls in my class came up to me and said, thank you so much for teaching our class about racism. And this teacher is white. And she said another black child came up to her, one of fewer than 50 black students in a district of more than 3,000, and gave her a hug after Mm. the lesson. So this was something that was obviously important in that class, important to have this discussion. But as you predicted, Jesse, the parents got upset. Well, I only predicted because you said she she designed the curriculum to be just facts. Yeah. Not political. Yes, and still it was a problem. So she got contacted by a friend who told her to look in this community Facebook group and saw that a parent had posted photos of her worksheet and accused her of indoctrinating our kids, quote unquote. And she was met with this outrage and calls that she be disciplined by the school district. What do you mean? Cancel culture? Wait. The right is never approving of cancel culture. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, apparently, this teacher supported Donald Trump over what? Hillary Clinton in 2016. Stats? Or yeah. a different teacher? No, this teacher. Oh, wow. So she said, quote, people have just decided if you support Black Lives Matter, you must be a liberal. Somehow people have associated those words with a political party. I don't know why. I think it's a human rights issue. That's awesome. Um, which is I mean, she surprising. Made a, she made a huge mistake <laughs> voting for Donald Trump, but yeah, um, <laughs> surprising. But I, I think that this is I think this is an important story. And this was her first school year teaching in her hometown. She saw a need. She saw something that was happening in the community. She saw something that's happening in society and how it was affecting kids in real time. And sometimes people look at kids and they think, oh, they don't need to know about this. Or, oh, they aren't ultimately impacted by this. They aren't affected by this. They don't need to know about this. Not smart enough. Not mature enough. Can't process it. There's a million different reasons why. Right. Not understanding how they are being impacted by it, how they are hearing about it, especially kids of color who are in a predominantly white school district and not having their experiences talked about in yeah. a classroom setting. Look, even even kids who aren't white kids, I think, are, are hurt by, and oh, yeah. I don't mean like in the long run hurt by not understanding and not being taught, but they see shit that's happening, and if that gets ignored and doesn't get explained, they don't get to process that. It's also it's also hurtful for fucking white kids. This should all be talked about. It should be out in the open that we talk about our foibles, our strengths, the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And we do a disservice to our, especially to our fucking kids, when we ignore the problems. Mm-hmm. Good for her. So briefly, a correction. Uh, It looks like based on this um, terribly written sentence or terrible reading of the sentence on my part, the town that she lives in voted for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. Oh, what's the sentence? It doesn't say that she voted for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. But she does talk about how she, that that quote was hers about people have decided if you support Black Lives Matter, you must yeah, be a yeah, liberal yeah. and that 
somehow people have associated those words with a political party. I don't know why. I think it's a human rights issue. So that makes a lot more sense in <laughs> in the well, context of real of the time story. real time fact checks. That's what we like. Exactly. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. All right. We'd love to know what you think about these and any other topics that come to your mind. We'd love to amplify your voice. We're here as a mission statement here on the show to move the conversation forward. And part of that responsibility lies with you to help us do that. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love, love to invite you to help support and produce this program. You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. Choose a tier. There are rewards in many of the tiers and help support the show financially that way. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That's free. That's a fantastic way to support the show and help us get our name in front of other new listeners. You can buy merchandise at dollamore.info. And for a limited time, before Jeff Bezos shuts us down, you can buy something at dollamore.com slash Amazon. If you're going to shop there anyway, we do not advise that you do it, but if you're going to do it anyway, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, and old Jeff Bezos has to pay us a little bit of a commission so he doesn't make quite as much. Anyway, we'll see you next time. We love you guys. We'd love to hear from you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.